are now tuned in to Trust the Scoop with your host, Philip Dukes, a.k.a. Dukes the Scoop. Yo, welcome to the return of Trust the Scoop. I am your host, Philip Dukes, a.k.a. Dukes the Scoop. Catch me on Twitter at Dukes D Scoop. Catch me on Instagram at Dukes D Scoop. Facebook, Philip Dukes. YouTube, subscribe. Dukes the Scoop. Trust the Scoop. Auburn, Auburn, Auburn. Man, like, sometimes it's so, so hard to be an Auburn fan. Why is that, Dukes? Well, because it seems like sometimes we take the simplest solution and we say, nah, that ain't it, bro. Let's go do something way crazier. Let's that way that makes way less sense. And let's go do that instead, right? Perfect example. Alright, so everybody and their mama knows at this point that Kevin Steele is the guy, right? Okay, cool. Or was the guy, let me say that. But if this was the guy, it makes absolutely no sense to wait until the final game of the season, the Sunday before early signing day, to fire him. What? That should have been done weeks ago. Weeks ago. We know for a fact that the outcome of the Mississippi State game had no bearing, right? So the decision was made. So why not do it earlier, right? Maybe you salvage a couple of targets. Maybe you already have a guy in place to replace him. Oh, let's get to that point. Maybe you already have a guy in place to replace him. Hmm. So if this was the guy, right? then why wouldn't the interim term be given to him and then extended before signing day? At least it's less sloppy. I'm not even really mad at Kevin Steele, right? So we talk about all the backstabbing rumors and all of that. Okay, cool. He was backstabbing Gus Malzahn. Look, this is Auburn. And if you know anything, the powers that be have relationships and they put checkpoints in behind the guy. If you're not in with everybody, which nobody in Auburn will ever be, the current powers that be, from what I've seen over the past 20 years since I've been involved with Auburn, they always have checks going on, right? So I think it's a problem at the top that has to be fixed. So they say, well, dudes, I can't believe Kevin Steele would do something like that. Whether it's true or not, and I believe there is some, there is, where there's smoke, there's fire, right? But, okay, what can you do? There's not one assistant on Nick Saban's staff that can go behind him and somebody above him will listen. Now one. Do you think that Tony Elliott can conspire against Dabo Swinney? Hmm, could he? No way possible. The boosters wouldn't listen. You know why? Because they're winning. Okay, cool. Now watch this. The boosters also wouldn't listen because, and I'm not, and I'm not saying this to be factual, but in my opinion, so let's say, let's put it like this, right? Kevin Steele is the general manager of a company, right? The vice president would have been Gus Malzahn. The president, owner, would be the powers that be. Let's say the vice president, Gus, goes on vacation for two weeks. And now you've got the general manager, Steele, talking directly to the president, the powers that be. If... Still goes in and says, well, you know what, Mr. Man or Mr. President, I think I could do a lot better job because this guy is doing this, this, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. 
the type of integrity that is, has been put forth, put, put forth in the Auburn Creed would say, hey, I don't think that's a fair assessment. You know what? So until the guy can speak for himself, let's not have this conversation. And I'm going to be looking at that guy a little weird, right? Okay. But that's not how it goes. The powers that be will say, oh, you got some juice? You got some gossip? They may even be egging it on like, man, dang. Especially the ones that were not happy with the Gus Malzahn hire in the first place. They may get, they may see Kevin Steele and be like, man, I can't believe that guy did that. What do you think? I'm a billionaire. I'm, I'm the powers that be. I'm the president, the billionaire. I'm talking to the subordinate of the guy that I don't already like. What you think that guy's going to do if he already knows that you don't like him? You're a billionaire versus a millionaire, right? I know a million dollars is a lot of money, but it ain't nothing compared to a billion. He's going to join in the conversation. Well, you know, uh, yeah, I don't think I would have done that either. How wrong is he? Is Kevin still wrong for that? If that's how it goes? I'm not... I know for a fact that I've heard multiple people say Kevin Steele's a pretty good guy. Not too much. Uh, uh, you don't get that automatic snake vibe from him, right? So do I think he may have been coerced into some of these conversations that they're saying have been backstabbing conversations? Damn right. Do I think that if he did have these conversations, was he wrong? you damn right. Perfect example. Dave Chappelle gets $50 million from... Comedy Central to basically put on a dress or whatever his, whatever it was they wanted him to do, take full control of his show and all of this. Dave Chappelle had the integrity to turn down fifty million. I call him a top ten, a top ten percent person, right? That still has the integrity and the morals to not fall into the dark side just because the money is there and there may be more opportunity. I don't blame the ninety for not doing that because you have to be an elite. Morally, per- a morally elite person to do that. So if the president, aka the powers that be, don't really, and I'm, I'm not saying a university president. I'm talking about the uh, the hypothetical company that I'm talking about, right? Okay, listen now. The guy at the top. Let's not, let's let's throw away the titles. The guy at the top, right? The middleman. Guy at the top. Powers that be. Middleman. Malzahn. Guy at the bottom steel, right? Pull out the middleman. Guy at the top versus steel. If the guy at the top is already talking bad about billionaire, talking bad about multi-millionaire, and then you got single-digit millionaire at the bottom, he's looking like. Now let's let's just get it like this, so you can kind of see how it goes, right? This guy's out. The middleman is gone. If the guy at the top is having a conversation that's disparaging about the guy in the middle, and also telling the guy at the bottom, how good of a coach he thinks he is and how he wished he was the coach. You got to be an incredible, incredible and incredibly humble and honest and humble and just not today's person to be the type of guy that says, you know what? Now, that's not right. You shouldn't talk about my boss like that. So do you is it really backstabbing if he was coerced? I don't know. But that's just how Auburn does business. See, my problem isn't with Kevin Steele. I hate it for Kevin Steele. You know why? Because he's been put in a position to be a public pariah amongst the Auburn family because now we have these allegations of backstabbing. 
Everybody loved Kevin Steele last year when he put that 3-1-7 defense against LSU and held them to less than 25 points. All right? He was good then. Couldn't stand Malzahn because he couldn't get Kevin Steele 25 points. Imagine how that conversation went in the booster room when we had a chance to knock off probably the greatest offense in the history of college football and our offense couldn't score points. How do you think that bolded for Mr. Malzahn? Not good at all. Now, if my team, I'm the bottom guy, and what I'm responsible for balls out, and the guy, my boss, is responsible for something else, and they fall flat, and the guys at the top say, you know what? You guys, that defense, you know what? That defense sure look good. Man, I wonder if you were in the leadership of the whole program, how it would go. What does Steele do? Well, well, no, sir. I just I just follow my boss. Nah, he didn't say that. He was like, hell yeah. <laughs> now, if you ask me my opinion, that's kind of what happened. All right. So if you want to talk about the Auburn Creed and all these intangibles in the tech... Tuberville and Petrino. Right? Come on now. Tuberville Chiswick. Chiswick Malzahn. Malzahn Steel. Come on, bro. It's not simple. That's the way we run our business at the top. Say nothing new. You got a problem? You know where to go? It ain't him. I don't blame Steele at all. Now, let me tell you why I do blame Steele now. I consider myself to be in one of those top integrity positions, but I'm not a judge, right? There's certain things that I do that he probably wouldn't agree with, right? So, he's a human. I don't blame Steele at all. I feel bad for him because now, if they do go somewhere else and hire another head coach, how hard is it for Kevin Steele to get his name back where it should be in Auburn? Man, that's a tough position to be in. He has a big fight. If he gets the job, he has to win back. They had a stop steal hashtag going. He has to win back the fan base. Now, what I will say is, if you win, you're in. Because one thing over everything that cures all, all aches and pains when it comes to athletics, and especially in Auburn, can you win? If he can win, all of this goes away, and we forget about this whole situation if he wins. Perfect example. When everybody was just absolutely tired in 03 of Tommy Tuberville to the point that they did the whole jet gate and all of that stuff, right? The next year you go back and go undefeated. What? Nobody cared about 03. Nobody gave a damn, right? So if Kevin Steele can come in and win, hey, that's what we got. Okay. Let's talk about something else. Why... Our, our coaches' search is always so weird. Why? Perfect example. Rodney Garner is the assistant head coach. How does he not even get a sniff? Sam Pittman was hired at Arkansas as an associate head coach at Georgia. Right? Shane Beamer wasn't a coordinator. He was an associate head coach at Oklahoma. Got the job in South Carolina. Right? How does Rodney Garner not even get a sniff at the job? Hmm, that's weird. That's real weird. Auburn man gave you Derrick Brown and Marlon Davis and arguably the best defensive line we ever seen. Multiple first round picks, multiple, multiple, multiple first round picks through and through Auburn guy. 
nephew-in-law or something, family member on the basketball team that we actually needed. Auburn through and through has produced time after time. And even though he had a down year this year with the on-field product, comes back and, and lands the two best recruits, arguably, that we had without a head coach. Lee Hunter and Marquise. Yeah, man. How does Garner not get a sniff? That's that's weird. It almost makes you feel like something was like, how, how is he not getting a sniff? Like, we do weird stuff. Like, imagine how that feels to a young and up-and-coming coach that a guy who could be the assistant head coach won't even get a sniff or an interview. Right? He should get one. That's weird. But who controls that? The powers that be. Just weird stuff going on all, all the way around, man. I mean, uh, I think, uh, really? Okay, so I went live and I asked for a couple of questions. I'm going to answer some. So uh, let's see who we got here. I like the idea of Ellie. No, that's a statement. How do we know all the interviews aren't a sham? Do you think Steele is still the front runner? Fox pregame, excuse me, Fox pregame says he is. I think he is. I mean, from what I'm seeing, I'm looking at all the message boards, and they, I mean, it's almost like they're like steal or die. That's what it is. It makes you feel like ahead of time that they knew who they wanted, but they just had to roll it out the right way. The optics were so bad. When the news started to leak about who the guy was That they had to step back Like how do you hire a guy without a search firm Because they already had the guy Auburn went nuts Stop still I hate it for I I feel bad for Kevin Steele To wake up and see that Now people are saying well I don't feel bad for him Because he stood up Gus in the back Do we know that you can, yeah, Maybe stab him in the back But I really feel like it's, Put it like this I feel like he was put in the position where he was able to say some things that we may not have liked about Gus, but that we've all said before. I don't think he said anything crazy, but I think that in his position that you got to tell your boss's boss, hey, I don't feel comfortable with that. But think about where you work. Think about when your boss's boss talks to you. Don't you get that sense of like, hey, you know what? Yeah, it feels good. And I'm pretty sure it happened still. All right, let's go to another one. I don't think these interviews are a sham. And earlier in the week, I said, you know, this uh, this Alabama-Florida game is going to be huge. Let Sark go out here and hang 65 on Florida. Psh, narrative changes. I'm telling you. Coaches search and who's left to recruit Dukes. Oh, and who would the staffs be with Sark and Kiffin? So I thought about that with Sark, right? Who would his staff be? So I think maybe you get a T. Martin, who was with him at USC, wide receivers coach. I don't think you see health. You see T. Martin. I think uh, his D coordinator, uh, his linebackers coach now is the defensive coordinator at uh, Cal. Do you think he comes back cross country? I think you got to uh, – that's uh, – what's that guy's name? Sermon. Sermon. He's the D coordinator at Cal. So I'm just looking at his last staff when he was a head coach and who he would bring with him. And uh, I, I don't I don't know I think that I think T. Martin is a name that you would have to consider if he got the job. I also think that uh, you got to have some continuity there. 
So I think that I think Garner should be retained. I think maybe Travis should be Travis Williams should be retained. I think uh, I think a lot of people a lot of smoke around T. Rob coming back as a DB coach. A uh, uh, good guy, always been around the program, always an Auburn man through and through. Some people are asking for uh, um, Muschamp. Well, Muschamp come back, Coach Boom. So it's a lot of intangibles here that we don't really know about. Would still be retained after all he's been through through the past week. Could you see? Could you be Kevin Steele and come back to Auburn when everybody with a social media handle basically said, "We don't want you." We don't want you so much. We're going to campaign against you in public. Could you come back? Not without being a head coach. Now, if I can't, now if I'm still, I come back as the head coach. It's kind of like, all right, stuck with me. My way or the highway. It's different. But to come back in the same role, it's like, ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't know, man. Um, that's, that's, that's a difficult question, man. Uh, Kiffin, why isn't Kiffin getting a sniff? I don't know, but I do kind of feel like it's some of the. Uh, put it like this: we got the Auburn filter, right? Depending on who you are, uh, I don't want that guy. We still get that. Uh, I don't want that guy. Uh, yeah, he had this going on. I uh, like Freeze. I thought Freeze would have been the perfect hire, but hey, you know what do I know, right? But you know when you have those off-field transgressions. Yeah, I mean it goes that way. I think uh, with what's going on with the, with the basketball program, they felt like we took a, a chance on Bruce Pearl, and now they said, "Oh well, Bruce Pearl did this, and now look, we don't have a postseason." But I mean, I don't think Bruce Pearl did it. But of course, you got that cloud that goes behind you when you hire certain guys, and I don't think they want to deal with that. So you know, I think that has something to do with Lane not potentially getting a look. Uh, I, I can't, and I can't make a, I can't make a statement either way. I don't know enough about his off-field type stuff. I know he's always been a controversial figure, so I don't think he's ever been ran out of anywhere for doing anything completely wrong. I think he's been judged in the court, court of uh, public opinion a few times, and I wouldn't do that type stuff. I know last year, I thought he came off as kind of a punk when he uh was tweeting about how Ole Miss lost to Auburn, but when it comes down to offense, I mean, the man knows what he's doing. Okay, let's look at this. Please discuss what happened with Cristobal. Hearing we never offered him. Hearing we did, but it was derailed by Team Steel. Can't believe that you screwed up a chance to bring in an alpha. All right, so I talked to some guys who, who, who are really in the know. And there, were, there, there was some real, real talk about Cristobal, right? Okay, cool. But the power, like, Steel was the guy. Still, still, really was the guy, and so I think Crystal Ball did the smart thing with everything going on around him. He said, "Okay, he went and leveraged that into a new contract. Who wouldn't? What did Malzahn do when Arkansas like? But this is the difference, right? This is why Auburn is going to Auburn. Malzahn leveraged Arkansas to get more money to get that type of contract. Arkansas, golly, he leveraged Arkansas in a fifty mil. Man, Jimmy Sexton is a beast." Crystal Ball leveraged Auburn. Auburn, right? Auburn, Arkansas, Auburn. And I'm not just being biased. It's a better job. I can see how he leveraged that. That was smart. So we should have. I think that we but we we messed ourselves up completely when we waited to the end of the season to go public with a with a decision that had already been made. You got multiple guys 
that you ain't. And shout out to Chad Morris, right? Because nobody's talking about Chad Morris. And I'm pretty sure under no circumstance will he be retained. For him to know that and still go out and recruit and make sure that D. Davis gets into the fold without any type of, you know, guarantee, that's that's huge. I love that. And then we still got the guys from Texas, a few of them. We didn't get the offensive linemen. I think we get them if, if we still got guns. I'm sorry. But, hey. I'm not saying good. I'm not saying it was time to keep Gus at all. I'm saying I'm not saying that it was time for him to go. I'm saying that it's like a relationship that went bad and it was very stale. I will say that. Now let's answer a couple more questions before I get out of here. Let's see. Okay, here we go. All right, I, I got another. Why wasn't Rodney Garner considered? I have no idea. Like, it's just weird. It just goes back into how weird we do things at Auburn, right? And if we ever want to get to the next level, either somebody else is going to have to become a billionaire or somebody is going to have to take a stand within the powers that be. And that we're gonna have, it's going to be some self-reflection, man. We, we, down, we, we need to pray. Because the man who has the money rules, period. We've seen it time and time again. You got the money, you make the decisions. And there has to be something in Auburn that changes from that to where we make a good decision, right? We win, and we win consistently, and then things start to change. But until then, sh- we, we got to find a billion. <laughs> we got to find somebody. Somebody else has to get rich because I'm not going to sit up here and just bash Steele because he may very well be our next head coach. I'm not going to bash him. What I will say is, if what I'm hearing is true, I wouldn't win about it that way, me personally. But I mean, put imagine it. Imagine it. You imagine you being in a room with your boss's boss, and your boss's boss has potential to change your life. Hmm. All right. And you got to feel like you know there were some times he probably did resent Gus's offense at times, especially when the defense was balling. Right. All right. So uh, we got four candidates. Right. We got uh, Tony Elliott. We got uh, Billy Napier, Sark, and Steele right now. Those are the four interviews that are set up that just came out from Football Scoop, right? Tony Elliott. I would love to have Tony Elliott in Auburn. Here's my problem. He's only been a coordinator for a year, which I'm not really that bad about, which I really don't. I'm not like, oh, he's not a I'm not. I'm not like a coordinator uh, snob, but what I will say is that, man, do we really think Auburn is ready for Tony Elliott? I mean, I, I, I would hope at this point we are. We should be. We absolutely should be ready for Tony Elliott. And I'm not even going to say it. I'm going to say that tongue-in-cheek, and you guys know what I mean. But just look at how everything went in the past year. Are we really ready for Tony Elliott? And I hope we are. And I think he will be a home run higher. And here's why. Uh, Recruiting-wise, uh, we see, we, we're seeing what he's done in the Alabama area, in the Central Phoenix City area, especially in, in tandem with Dabo. So. And he wouldn't be from the Alabama tree. I'd rather get somebody from the Clemson tree than the Bama tree. Just me personally. But, okay, cool. The fact that he's getting an interview, I like that. Period. I like it. Tony Elliott. Billy Napier. Mmm. Billy Napier. I like Billy Napier. He's young enough to do it. Got a fresh attitude. So, and recruiting, this goes a long way. So, what people, a lot of people, when you talk to recruits that were recruited by uh, Brian Niedermeyer at Tennessee, one of the biggest things that the recruits liked about him was him being a Caucasian that had experience at an HBCU, right? So being that, in fact, even that you're on this high level, you have been to a place where 
98% of the people look one way instead and, and the opposite way and the minority and being around minorities you have to understand what's going on in the minority culture and understand things that the average guy wouldn't understand about how it is to be a minority and getting that experience is important a lot of people don't know Billy Napier got ahead a year he was quarterbacks coach at uh, South Carolina State that's huge and I know that's part of his recruiting pitch I've got a, a nephew that plays at Western Kentucky right now and he's crazy about Billy Napier today Still crazy about him. Hell of a recruiter. And he's relatable. So, yeah, I think Billy Napier is great. Sark. Sark is Shark. Yeah, I can see Shark. I can see Sark. I mean, I'm telling you. They put up 60 on Bama. You might as well book it. That's that's my humble opinion. Yeah, so I, I wouldn't be bad. Bring some of the get some of those quarterbacks from the West Coast. He's got experience. You put a start with and mix them up with some of these guys that know the uh, they know the area here the same way they did at Alabama. You can see you can see magic. And Steele, Steele has already been found guilty in the public court of opinion, and I feel bad for him, man. But I do think that there are some guys. While they're not crazy about Steel, he can get those guys to play with him, especially if Steel can do, like, man, I think it would go, like, maybe Garner or T. Will becomes, gets uh, promoted to defensive coordinator. I think that'll bode well for what Steve wants to do. Like, even if it looks like, make it Garner. Okay, cool. Give Garner some more responsibility. Make him a D coordinator. All right. And bring in Tracy Rocket. I mean, there are things that Steel can do to get us where we need to be. I don't think Bobo is to pick at offensive coordinator, but hey, I think, I don't know, but I mean, I'm not totally against Steele. I am against what they said he did, if it's true, but at the same time, I'm, I'm like I've said this whole show, I'm human, and we all deserve a second chance, right? All right, and one thing I do know is what goes around comes around, so if that's really true, it won't be long before it happens to him, but in the meantime, we got to give the opportunity to Steele to do what he needs to do, right? So if he's the man, then he's the man. Because I don't, I, I love Mal, I, I support Malzahn, but I love Auburn. I support Bruce Pearl, but I love Auburn, right? And if Steele is the guy, I will support Steele, but I love Auburn. And I think that's the, I, I think that's kind of the viewpoint that we need to take in this crazy time. All right, man. Well, that's all I got. Glad to be back. I'll see you soon. War Eagle and Auburn is going to Auburn.